It is an honor to be here with you. You know, um, I'm a pastor in Guadalajara, Mexico, and um, every time that I go on Sunday morning, I don't have any choice, but I have to get up. I need to go lead worship, and after I lead worship, I have to preach, but I preach in Spanish, not in English. So if I say a word in Spanish or two, I'm going to need some translators here, um, but I'm, I'm so glad to, to join you this morning, Pastor Redmond, uh, Pastor John Redmond, and Charles Redmond, thank you very much for allowing me to be here with you. You are a blessing to our lives. My family is here. I have a picture on the screen for you to see. Um, they are Daniel um, on the, the right side. Daniel is 16. David is 14. And Elizabeth is 12. I've been married for 19 years, and I'm the happiest married man in the world. You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. I'm going to put a, a picture of Guadalajara on the screen. But uh, I was born in Mexico, but about uh, 17, 18 years ago, the Lord called us to come to the States and serve in different churches. I served in a church in the Houston area. Then uh, my family and I moved to Arkansas in the last five and a half years before we moved out of the U.S. God used us uh, to serve in Arkansas. How many are from Arkansas here? Any Arkansans? No? Yes, one, two, three. Okay, we have, we have several of you. We were in northwest Arkansas. And um, right there, the Lord uh, gave us the opportunity to serve in a, in a beautiful church like this church, First Baptist Church. And God blessed us with an amazing ministry. Imagine God put me in a place where I was leading the worship ministry. We had five campuses in that church, and I was the main worship pastor leading all the, the ministry team in the music music area. That was by grace. Um, as I was telling you, when um, 10 years ago, the Lord decided to take away my voice. And he tested me for six weeks. And during this, those six weeks, during those six weeks, the Lord um, revealed to me that it was more than just singing that he was calling me to be in this world. And I, I want to talk to you this morning about that very thing. You may think that you are here in this world for certain tasks, for certain career, but maybe God is calling you to do more than just that. Maybe God wants to use you to go beyond the walls of this church, maybe beyond the walls that Mr. Trump is about to build. Oh, I have a joke on that one. But um, I'm not going to say it. Well, I, I'm going to say it. I have, I have a couple of minutes. But when God called us to go back to Mexico, when God called us to go back to Mexico, God used Nehemiah chapter 1. And we were, we were in Arkansas with all this ministry. And in um, Nehemiah chapter 1, the Lord called Nehemiah as he was serving in the palace with the king. And he had all the influence that you can imagine. And as he was there, he had someone come from his hometown, Jerusalem, and he tells him, bro, there is a big problem there. The walls are down, and you need to go back. We need to do something about it. So he begins praying and fasting, 
And after that period of uh, prayer, uh, prayer and, and fasting, um, he goes before the king. And as he goes before the king, God allows him to present all his plan. And then he goes back to Jerusalem, not only with the approval of his leader, but with all the resources to build that wall. Well, we began with our church in September last year. And we began with a tent. We didn't have a, a building for the church. We just had a tent. And after a situation that we had with the government, they basically forced us to close that tent as an auditorium. And I told my people that Sunday before we had to build it, we need to build the wall. I'm going to say it again with an accent. We need to build the wall. And guess what? We build that wall. We build that wall. Now you pay for it. <laughs> it was not the Mexicans that pay for it. That's a different wall, okay? That's a different wall. I can't believe I'm making a, a political joke right here. But, but listen, God, God blessed us with a beautiful church that we, that we opened in Guadalajara a year ago. And um, there's a city with over 6 million people, Guadalajara. Only 2% born-again believers. And God called us back. And you know what? When God calls you to do something, sometimes you don't want to do it because you're more comfortable to do certain things. We had a house that it was three or four times bigger than the one that we have right now. We just had uh, brand new vehicles that the dealership in the area allowed me to have for free. And we would change it every two months. My kids were in a private school, Christian school. We had a situation that was perfect, but God called us back to do something beyond our imagination. We opened the church last year, and now we're gathering after a year of serving the area, the community, doing evangelism, and going around the city, doing prayer gatherings and all of that, we have more than 400 people that every Sunday they gather to worship God. Can you believe that? All the glory to God. All the glory to God. We baptized this last year 89 people. We've seen over 1,200 people come to Christ. Guess what? <laughs> it is, is it easy to be there? No, it's not easy. Our kids still miss Chick-fil-A. <laughs> now, you, you'll laugh, but, hey, that's a big deal for them. It is a big deal. And um, God ha has blessed us with people like Pastor Redmond that he came to visit us. And um, we have a picture of Pastor Redmond preaching on a Wednesday night. And he was preaching in English, and I would translate. And then at one point, pastors stopped preaching, and now the service began at 8.30 p.m. 
on Wednesday. And, and then it was about uh, 9.30 when pastor was finishing, and then I, I told pastor, I said, pastor, keep going. <laughs> They're not ready for you to finish. Keep going. And he said, okay, I, I'm going to continue preaching. And he, he continued preaching, and the people are thirsty for God's word. We are experiencing a miracle, a miracle in Guadalajara. If you ask me today, Julio, what is going on at Iglesia Vida? That's the name of the church, Life Church. What is going on at Iglesia Vida in Guadalajara that makes it special, a special place where hundreds of people are coming to Christ? What is special about that place? I will have to answer with one word, and it's not a Spanish word. But you're going to learn this word, and you know, most of you know this word. Can you say koinonia? Koinonia. That's what's happening in Guadalajara. Koinonia. Koinonia. That word, it, that word is a Greek word, and it's translated most of the times in English as fellowship. It's translated as giving or participating and the first time that the word koinonia appears in the Bible is in Acts 2, 42. And we're going to read it together. Acts 2, 42. And just to give you a little bit of the background of what's going on in this passage, Jesus already died. He rose again. He went to heaven. He appeared already to many people. And um, he gave the great commission to the disciples. The Holy Spirit came down. And the people are excited about what's going on. The church just began. Peter is preaching. And after he preaches, 3,000 came to Jesus. 3,000 believed and they were baptized. And then the next very verse. Acts 2, verse 42, says this. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Say fellowship. Fellowship. That's a word, koinonia. Fellowship. Koinonia. So they developed they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer and in prayer. So let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to speak to our hearts and help us have an encounter with you. Bless us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have, you have your notes with you. And, um, and I want you to take notes. It's, it's a very, very easy, simple message about koinonia. And it's one verse, Acts 2, 42. And I'm going to read another version. Uh, the contemporary English version reads like this. They spent their time learning from the apostles, and they were like family to each other. They were like what? Like family with each other. Like family. So koinonia is translated in that version as doing family. Doing family. 
So they, they were doing family to each other. They were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Then the, the King James Version says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, koinonia, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The previous verse, we saw 3,000 people that were saved. Imagine what's going on. An amazing movement of God is happening in this very moment, at this very place. And we want to know what happened with these 3,000 people. It happens koinonia. Koinonia is more than just hanging out with people. Koinonia is actually sharing with others the same interest. It's community. It's family. Do you do koinonia? Koinonia. God has existed forever in koinonia. God created us to have koinonia. God created us to do family. He showed us and he created us to be like him, to exist, to have koinonia. Koinonia with God, koinonia with him. The first thing that you're going to note, that you're going to write down in your notes is that God is calling us to have fellowship with God's principles. Write it down in your notes, God's principles. Because it says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. At Iglesia Vida, we take the word of God very serious. Very, very serious. Sunday mornings, we have the Bible study, the teaching, the worship. 5.30 a.m. every day from Monday through Friday, we have a devotional at 5.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. And then we teach a, a, a book of the Bible. We have ladies and men's Bible studies just like here. You guys are devoted to the word of God, fellowship with God's principles. We are called to have koinonia with the word of God. Because the word of God is not just a simple book. The word of God is a living. It's a living word of God. It's alive. The word of God is available for you to have fellowship with it. You know, if you, if you are here and feel dissatisfied with your life, the first thing you need to do and make, you need to make the habit to daily read the word of God by yourself, but also find opportunities to be with other people learning from God's word. How about your family? How about the closest people with you? You need to have fellowship with the word of God. Number two, fellowship with God's people. God's people. You know, at Iglesia Vida, we take eating very serious. <laughs> how, many, how, many of you, how many of you like to eat here? Woo! I miss brisket from Texas. I miss those ribs. Oh, my goodness. And, okay, you, you're not going to believe this, but I miss the Tex-Mex food. I'm in Mexico, and I miss Tex-Mex food. The Mexi what you call Mexican food, it doesn't exist in Mexico. 
It is just Tex-Mex and the Tex-Mex. Okay, I'm not going to say Papacitos, but yeah, I like Papacitos. Papacitos and all. We, we miss that. We, we love to eat. At Iglesia Vida, our church service is more than just one and a half hours. Volunteers start arriving at 7.30 a.m., just like many of you here. 7.30, we have volunteers. They have breakfast together. All the volunteers. I mean, we're just a church of 400 people, and we have about 100, 110 volunteers that every Sunday they eat together breakfast. Breakfast together. People stay up to one hour after each church service. Wednesday service starts at 8.30 p.m. We end at 10 p.m. And Pastor knows this. We end at 10 p.m. And after 10 p.m. when we're done, we have fellowship. And we finish at around 10.30. And then at 10.30 p.m., you know what they say? Let's go and eat some tacos. And we go to eat tacos at 10.30 or 11 p.m. Oh, we don't put the excuse of our children need to go to school next day. When we were here in America, I remember dinner at 6, at 8, we were done. And then we didn't have to kick them out. They knew. Oh, we need to go. Our children go to school tomorrow. And they will go. We don't have any of that excuse. It doesn't matter. Kids are going to stay awake. And they're going to go to school next day at the same time as they go here in the States. There is always food at Iglesia Vida. We do family with God's people. And I challenge you to be part of a small group. Hang out with other people in church. Make plans together. Play. Eat. Help the community together. That's what they did in Acts chapter 2. They were together they were receiving the teaching of the apostles. They had fellowship. They ate together. They ate together. They were having time together. Number three, fellowship with God's presence. Fellowship with God's presence. At the end of verse 42, it says, they also prayed together they had fellowship with God's presence God's presence at Iglesia Vida listen listen up we don't have a church building like here in America we have our own tabernacle prior to our tabernacle we had this uh, picture here I don't know if you if you have it um, a picture okay prior to our tabernacle we, we were gathering under that little canopy, and, um, and it was cold. You see those, those heaters? It was very, very cold, but they didn't care. They came. They came, and we had, we had our service. And then after that, we built our tabernacle. Will you, pl will you uh, put the next uh, picture? That's our tabernacle when it was being built. And you see the tent on the top? I mean, the, you, you see the tarp right there? And then the, the wall is just sheetrock. That's what we have. And you know what? They are 
thriving, growing, excited. We didn't have AC. We didn't have a, a, a place where you would feel like, man, this is so comfortable. No. But they came to have fellowship with God's presence. We cultivate opportunities for fellowship with God's presence. Worship, singing, the Lord's Supper. We have the uh, picture of the choir. We have a choir. Look at this. That beautiful blonde in the front, that's my wife. We share Jesus with others. We pray together. We have prayer gatherings every Wednesday. Look at uh, that's that's the church praying, praying, and praying. I challenge you to seek opportunities to get closer to God, sing to Him, talk to Him, worship Him. Don't underestimate prayer. We began with 21 days of prayer and fasting with our church. Every January, we do a prayer and fasting for 21 days. I know you guys pray. You, you, you practice what you preach, what you share with others. And last year, God did a tremendous thing. Four students were called to ministry. Four students were called to ministry. And this last fall, they went to Bible Institute. And they're getting ready to be pastors and to be servants of the Lord, to get prepared for ministry. After the 21 days of prayer last week, our church grow, grew from being just in one service to two services, from 250 people to over 400 people. But that happened after 21 days of prayer. You know what? Some people think, well, you know, they have a great worship team, so that's why the church is growing. No. I mean, we have a good worship team. <laughs> but it's not about the worship guy. It's not about even the pastor. The ministry is being done by people like you. Just like here in First Baptist Church, you are called to do the ministry. You are called to do the ministry. Prayer has been a key factor of our church church's growth we pray every day you know what i had the alarm i want you to take your phones right now take your phones if you have a smartphone write a 10 put an alarm at 1002 pastor is going to kill me after this but listen to this every day at 1002 10 a.m with two minutes we stop and pray. And we pray Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And it says the harvest is great, but the workers are, what? Few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And then we send a text to all the volunteers of the church, and we say, 10.02. At 10.02, we send the text, we all stop, we pray, and then the next word that we write down is go. Go. Say go. Go. You know why? Because the next verse, 10.03, it starts with now go. Now go. 
Just to finish, let me tell you certain things that happen after prayer and service and fellowship with God's presence. We have two services, 89 baptisms. We have baptisms picture. We don't have a baptistry, so we have a portable uh, baptistry, and we just fill it with water. And we, we baptized 89 people, 400 plus every Sunday, over 1,200 salvations, a second campus in the fall of 2019. That's what we're going to do. This next uh, fall, September 2019, we're going to start a second campus. Our prayers for our 21 days this January, listen to this. We need more staff of volunteers to come and help us. Maybe God is calling you today. Maybe you feel like, oh, I felt something. Well, if you felt something, just come and try it for a year. <laughs> We need, we need workers for our new campus. A we need a property where we can build a large auditorium to be able to hold 600 to 800 people per service. We need more resources to help fund a new Iglesia Vida campus in the north. We're praying for a passenger van. We're praying for God to keep opening churches in Guadalajara. For every... 100 people that you see on the streets, 98 are going to hell if they die. Do you hear that? Now, every time that you go, if you go to Guadalajara, just remember or see pictures. Every 100 people, only two are going to heaven. 98 are going to hell. Only 90, only 2% are born again believers the best is yet to come do you believe that with God's help we will do mighty things the Bible says in Psalm 60 12 the harvest is great a city as large as the metropolitan area of Houston if you take all the metropolitan area of Houston about six million people that's what we have in Guadalajara a large church is not the answer a large effort to plant churches all over Guadalajara. That's the effort that we need to do. Until then, let's do koinonia. Let's have fellowship with God's principles. Help me out. Fellowship with God's principles. Fellowship with God's. And fellowship with God's. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful that you called us to be your children, to make a difference where we are. And we pray, Lord, that if there is anybody in this place feeling cold to go, if somebody feels cold to go, may you reveal him or her with clarity. If somebody feels compelled to do something about your work around the world, it doesn't have to be Guadalajara. If you're calling anybody for any place in the world, I pray, Lord, that they would have the faith, not the courage, but the faith to stand up and go. 
and make the decision to go and do something about it. Lord, I pray for those that are here, perhaps <laughs> they don't have the certainty that if they die today, they would go to heaven. I pray, Lord, that you begin speaking to their hearts. That you convince them that they are lost and they need you as their Savior. Yes, I'm speaking to you. If you are here and you don't know if you die today, you're going to heaven. The Bible says we are all sinners. That's right. Everyone in this room, including me, Pastor Redman, everyone, my wife, all of us are sinners. And the wages of sin is death. Separation from God. Eternal separation from God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you believe in him, if you put your trust, your faith completely in Jesus, trusting him that he died and rose again on the third day, and through his blood, you can be washed away from all your sins. You can have everlasting life right there where you are. If you, if you want to receive Jesus right where you are, I'm going to pray. And this is like a prayer that you can do with your own words. But if you want to receive Jesus right where you are, just say, God, <laughs> I need you. I pray that you... Save me. I repent from all my sins. And I receive you, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life and save me. I believe you died and you rose again. Heavenly Father, I ask you to accept me. To adopt me as one of your children. Nobody's watching. If that was you, if you pray this prayer for the first time to receive Jesus, nobody's watching. If you did this prayer, I would like to finish praying for you. Will you let me know, raising your hand, your right hand, and saying, I, I pray today to receive Jesus. Anybody, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else is today is saying, I receive Jesus in my heart. Anybody else? I see another hand there in the middle. I see another hand in the back. Anybody else? Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for the faith that you have allowed us to put in you and your son, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that all of us, the rest of us, that we already know you, that you remind us throughout the day and throughout the week and now that we're about to start a new year, that you, Lord, will remind us that it is so important to have fellowship with your word, fellowship with your people, and fellowship with you, ultimately. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.